0: Which coast?
1: Traveling east to west.
2: Aaron
0: Ladd.
1: No, oh, he the did Yo, At the house! No! <laughs>
0: Mark
2: Gunnels. At the house on
1: oh, it. Yeah.
2: Chiefs, coast to coast. There's been... Well, was not like... I don't want to say a lot.
1: Was it Derek Gore? Was Derek Gore 40? That do sound, that sounds familiar. That sounds, that sounds about right. Come on. Is that that the best we can do at 40?
2: (laughs) I told people from Jump Street, this was not going to be, you know, we really needed y'all to help out. This is where y'all make your voices heard. You know, you really shine here. Otherwise, it's just going to be me, me hitting Google
1: before uh it's like a that's anybody. like a fullback number or maybe a linebacker
2: maybe we're in a weird range now we were like the the high 30s to to like low 40s those aren't your best athletes on the team these are,
1: these are fullbacks
2: <laughs> <laughs> chiefs coast to coast Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City Mark Gunnels out in LA Stephen Serta behind the board I'm hitting retweet really quick here for y'all that are rocking with us on the video portion Six o'clock on Wednesdays every week, bye week don't matter. We here breaking down what the Chiefs are trying to do on the road to Arizona. Mark Gunnel's is smiling face to face, cheek to cheek. It's NFL playoff time, and best uh, time of the <laughs> year, man. Yeah, I saw you tweeting. He's like, I can't, I can't believe the playoffs are finally here.
1: It's time. What are we gonna do in the off season, man? I can't believe this. We're so close. Why are,
2: you, why are you doing that, man? Why are you bringing down the joy? know.
1: I'm just – I'm getting sad, man. Everybody's getting sad. They're like, I can't believe the season's gone by so quickly. We were just talking who's going to be running back one or two or three. <laughs> here we are. And here,
2: here we are on the heels of Super Wild Weekend. We'll break down some big matchups in the AFC and how they can potentially impact and how they do impact Kansas City's matchup in the divisional round. KC also working and securing a wide receiver of the future, potentially will impact. We'll talk about how John Ross could figure into Patrick Mahomes and the offense next season. And then a change up in Vegas. Mark doesn't want to go to Vegas anymore, uh, but we still got some picks for you and we'll take care of you on that super mega playoff slate to kick off the year. But we love making you all part of the show and it all starts. With our voicemail line and our review line 816-514-1267. If you've been rocking with us here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, uh a lot of the other shows have been getting reviews too. The AP editor show, extremely popular. Pete Sweeney pushing for a thousand reviews on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast
1: Network, and he got it. So he had to eat the cake live on air. Did you see that, Mark? I, I did see that. I did see that. That was that was hilarious. That was hilarious. We got to get you to do something like that.
2: We we got we got to come up with some incentive to like so if we if we reach a certain mark or a certain threshold, Mark will shave his beard or something like that. We, Whoa! We'll wow!
1: <laughs> wow! That's wild. <laughs> I don't know about that one. We got to figure something else out.
2: No, that that ain't the one. That ain't the, that ain't yeah,
1: the that, hit. That ain't it.
2: <laughs> no matter what it is or where y'all do it we'd love to hear from y'all if it's on facebook if it's on uh, youtube i see ryan already rocking with us here on youtube we got time making part of y'all uh in the show at the end of the episode we'll get to y'all if y'all have questions comments criticisms or concern throw them in and we'd love to make y'all part of the show let's just jump right into the recap man
0: the <laughs> Magician. Chiefs recap.
2: So it's the Chiefs beating the Raiders, sweeping the Raiders in 2022 to cap off the regular season in week 18. 31-13 the final. The Chiefs win 14 games for just their second time in club history. Mahomes goes 18 for 26. Doesn't get the record. Mark Gunnels was gunning for, for, for Mahomes to get the record and really didn't even come close. 202 passing yards and just one touchdown. Kind of a quiet day for Mahomes overall. Jarrett Stidham, on the other hand, for the Raiders. Uh, a, a lot of mistakes for him. The stat line is 22 for 36. 269 total yards. A touchdown and an interception. Also, Josh Jacobs ends up being the NFL leading rusher. Uh, he gets the rushing crown in 2022, had 45 rushing yards uh, for the Raiders. This one really uh, not very competitive, um, not 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 really one that you're taking um, a lot from. I, I think kind of going into this game, and we do make predictions every week on, on ArrowheadPride.com, I said, hey, it matters how Kansas City gets it done, um, you know, trying to clean up some things from some close victories. And really, they win this one going away, Mark.
1: Yeah, and I, I do think you can't take something away from this game because the fact that we saw what we've been seeing all year that the Chiefs played down to their competition, you know, it didn't really matter whether it was the Texans, right, or you know, the Seahawks game was kind of close, right. So I, I do think it did matter, like you mentioned in your pre your pregame prediction, and the fact that they dominated from start to finish was very impressive to me. It started from the first play of the game, from the first pass completion, right the yeah. deep bomb to Justin Watson that set the tone for the game in my opinion and then the offense looked smooth I was actually surprised to see at the end of the game that Mahomes only had 202 yards I felt like he was really really good though even despite the low yardage maybe because some of the plays were, were splash plays and it felt bigger yeah. than, than what the actual yardage total at the end of the game was but he was very efficient thought the run game was good. The defense, obviously, shout out the defensive line. They finished second in the league in total sacks. That was a lot of dialogue we've had throughout the year about adding to maybe another pass rusher before the trade deadline and things of that nature. Shout out to George Karloftis, who really came along the second half of the year. Obviously, Chris Jones, who, in my opinion, should finish second in Def- defensive player of the year behind Nick Bosa. I think uh, when you're at the defensive tackle position, you get 15 and a half sacks. That holds a lot of weight. That's Aaron Donald type stuff right there. So he deserves to get a lot of recognition for that award. So, yeah, I'm really, really impressed. I think it's good going to the bye, heading to the playoffs to get that mojo, get that dominant win on both sides of the football, and even special teams play a clean game, right? Yeah. When's the last
2: time you could say that?
1: Yeah. So and let's not forgetting something. So all three phases I thought played really, really clean and efficient football.
2: Yeah. You mentioned Chris Jones and his defensive player of the year. Resume finished the year with 15 and a half sacks. That ties a career high, two forced fumbles and, and four passes defense. Um, he also, uh, or excuse me, Kansas city had six sacks on the day against the Raiders. I, I, I'll, I'll clarify what I meant, by I can't take too much from it. To me, the Raiders kind of packed it in. Uh, Jarrett Stidham, is he an NFL starter? Uh, I mean, probably not. Um, Kansas City, while it, it, it was more about what they did than, than the opponent they were going against, I guess is what it, uh, I'll say to that one. If we needed to see a clean game from all the units. Would have liked to see Mahomes get closer to the record, of course. But when this game was out of hand and and you start to start to do some of the fun stuff and the, the ring around the rosy, and all that stuff uh, that showed to me that Kansas city was more about getting their ducks in a row than whoever was going to be on the other side of the field. And to me, I liked the, uh, I liked the creativity of the, uh, of the Arctic circle or the snow globe or whatever. Uh, if you're rocking with us here on video, it comes up. Now the purpose is to disguise that it's a direct snap and give the defense a lot of eye candy. Um, the game, not in any doubt or any the game's not hanging in the balance here this is something that you're adding a little style points on mark is smiling here so i already know where i think he sits as far as this right here but honestly man this is something that does get you in trouble sometimes with other locker rooms and you heard it coming out of denver a little bit i'm sure max crosby somebody over there who loves a com, com, a extremely competitive guy loves to attack the quarterback it takes a lot of pride in what he does he sees something like this I'm sure he's not very happy about it but Kansas City's committed to having that creativity and having some fun doing it and we saw it on full display in week 18
1: yeah and you, you heard what Andy Reid said these guys come to him with ideas and obviously he has the final say he has 50 percent so he gets the final vote but uh you know, I could just imagine all the type of things that they send to him, and, and it probably a lot of it gets denied, right? I would imagine a lot of stuff gets rejected, but he approved this one, and Mahomes actually said they had this play-in last year. They just didn't have the right opportunity to use it, so they brought it back now, and you know, I could see why, and, and I get it now, because you know, I'm heavy on Twitter and social media, and if I wasn't a Chiefs fan or from uh... city... I I can see why people really dislike this team (laughs) because if somebody did that to my team, I would be like, these guys are arrogant. They're cocky, but I don't think they look at it that way. They look at it how you said. It was a disguise to get a competitive advantage, but I can see why it would come off that way to others, but they're looking at it like, hey, we're doing this. You don't know where guys are at. We're going to line up really quick and snap it like it isn't a competitive advantage while having fun at the same time but I don't think it's to show up the opponent even though it may come off that way
2: yeah I think if you run that play 20 years ago maybe a defender feels a certain type of way and Mahomes gets a little hit a little bit harder than than he would typically it, it you know guys get tired of hearing about the chiefs man I, I i remember i remember when the chiefs are at the height of their power right now we've talked about this on this platform before this being the golden era of chiefs football it shouldn't be this easy you you shouldn't you shouldn't look like you're having this much fun like um it's a double edged sword a little bit you know just as many people love you um uh, as maybe don't i, I don't want to use the h word but um you know when you when i see something like this and i see the reaction I love that Chiefs Kingdom has fun with it, and of course, it was in this Week 18 game where, really, I mean, this this might be the only thing that you really remember from this game ultimately. Um, but it, I just try, I, I just try to play devil's advocate sometimes, even though I'm rocking my even though I'm rocking my KC gear for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I was you surprised
1: know, I just, to see
2: that. I was like, okay, okay, I, you know, hey. You just play all time. Don't, don't don't say I don't do it. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Because you, you you'll come in here with the full pom poms cheerleader vibe. You know, you got your fifteen jersey on or whatever. So I, I'm trying to match your energy, Mark Gunnels.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, that's obviously going to be the most memorable thing of this game. But I'm also I'm not going to forget the Mahomes uh, shovel pass touchdown to McKinnon either. Because yeah. how about McKinnon, man? He's a guaranteed touchdown every single week at this point. I mean, it's unbelievable. I think I saw a stat where he tied, I think, Ladanian Tomlinson for the most receiving touchdowns for a running back. Uh, Nine
2: in one season. Yeah, don't I believe.
1: That, but I think I saw that today. So, I mean, just an unbelievable Terry's on right now. This is his seventh year playing in the league, ninth overall, because he missed a couple years due to injury. So uh, a guy that's had that much wear and tear, especially at the running back position, shouldn't be this productive this late in his career, to be honest with you. So he looks like he's super fresh. They do a good job of not really using him in the first half of the year. Obviously, you had CEH then, so it was a little easier to kind of, you know, rest them and not give him that much wear and tear. But ever since then, man, he's been a touchdown machine every single week. And outside of Kelsey, you could say that him and Mahomes – have the best chemistry on this team because when Mahomes is scrambling, the scramble drill, he seems to always be at the right place at the right time, especially in the red zone.
2: I was going to uh, mention that. I-, I tweeted that out today, but six straight games with a touchdown uh, for Travis Kelsey he had 12 in the first 11 weeks. And maybe Jarek McKinnon kind of absorbed some of that role specifically. Um, in the red zone, you talked about him tying that LT record. And Ryan, who's rocking with us on YouTube, chimes in, says McKinnon leaking out in the flat will be a bigger priority for opposing defenses in the playoffs. Curious to see what opens up for Kelsey. And the wide receivers, uh, it's been there. It, it, it's been there. It seems like this whole back half of the season, and Kansas City has found different ways of disguising it. Found different ways of, hey, we'll put him in at a direct snap, and he'll be the quarterback in this play, or we'll move him in motion and jet sweep and get him a little running start off the off the line of scrimmage, and your and your defense has no time to catch up, or your linebacker has no time to catch up. Um, the chemistry is obvious. Um, and you have to salute McKinnon for for putting himself in the right position to to be able to succeed in this offense. Because I wonder and I'm curious where Kansas City would be without him. Mark, it, it, it's a it's a it's a scary proposition to think of. And, that, and that's probably one of the bigger parts of the blowout. I would also consider the AFC West sweep, which we mentioned as a possibility going into this game. Now it's officially official. Kansas City goes six and zero in the AFC West in 2022. Talked to Nick Bolton about this after the game and said, hey, a lot of chatter going into this this season about Devontae Adams coming into the division, Russell Wilson coming into the division, new head coaches, Kansas City losing one of the premier wide receivers in the sport, and here we are on the heels of Wild Card Weekend talking about a 14-win team that has once again earned the one seed in the conference, Mark.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you always say, don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. This is not normal. Uh, it's not going to last forever. So Chiefs Kingdom needs to really bask in this moment and just cherish it, man, because you can get caught up in it. And before you know it, it's over, right? <laughs> so definitely cherish the moment, man. It's very special before the year. Everybody was talking about how this is going to be the hardest division of all time.
2: You like, said that, too, Mark Gunnels. Don't do not do that. You <laughs> called this one of the greatest divisions in all of NFL history. Don't make me go back and find a tweet, because I, I know I, you had it out there somewhere.
1: All right. Because I know you'll find it in five seconds. I said, I said, I said, so here's the a, a, so question. Let, let me from a talent Let perspective. me ask
2: this, though, for, for yes, from a talent perspective and all that. But what went wrong or I guess what went right for Kansas City to be able to run the table and, and sweep through one of the most talented divisions ever put together on paper?
1: Well, it's a combination of things. I think it's a combination of injuries. but I think the biggest thing is coaching. Because that's one thing that Chiefs had the major advantage in heading to the season was coaching because you had Brandon Staley, a lot of question marks about his decision making. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett, first-time head coach. Josh McDaniels, he failed before as a head coach. Why is he even a head coach again? So these were real questions that people kind of ignored because of the talent. They thought maybe the talent could be so overwhelming that it could overshadow the coaching deficiencies, and that obviously wasn't the case. And then obviously you have the advantage as quarterback as well. Even though you do have Justin Herbert, who I think is a top-five quarterback, so I don't think the gap is that wide as far as the, the coaching gap is. But Russell Wilson was supposed to still be a guy. Wasn't the same guy. Derek Carr, you know, top 15-ish quarterback. He got benched his last couple weeks of the season. So, you know, just a lot of things didn't go as planned. But I think the ultimate thing at the end of the day was coaching matters. And the gap there is huge. And it showed in the standings and the records in the AFC West this year.
2: I'm going to give you a little credit. This is from Mark A. Gunnels on Twitter from uh, September 12, 2022. He says, the AFC West won't be the gauntlet everybody thinks. The Chiefs and the Chargers are miles ahead of the other two teams. You're going so, hey. sure to
0: pack me up. Look at you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got to give credit where credit is due. Mark Gunnels, did he did correct that. A, a couple more records uh, for Kansas City, kind of just going through stuff. Uh, from Chiefs Raiders week 18 and kind of the wraps of the regular season how about Nick Bolton in the season that he had for Kansas City he is the single season leader as far as tackles are concerned he passed Derek Johnson's record 180 tackles in the season for the second year linebacker out of the University of Missouri Derek Johnson goes on Twitter and says congrats on breaking my record I've been watching you all season long bro not surprised at all love the way you stay alive to be a part of almost every play. Cool to see that from Bolton, a guy who's maybe not the most vocal leader, um, but has absolutely shown with his play style that he can make an impact on defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, 100%. This is a guy that flies around the field. He seems to always be around the football, obviously reflecting in how many tackles he's had this season. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of question marks before about, you know, he's not the best in coverage and he's not the most athletic guy, but you can kind of max some of that when you have the instincts. And he has the high IQ. Like the guy knows football. He's like a quarterback out there. He has the green dot for a reason. And that's a big responsibility, especially for a second-year guy.
0: To to have
1: have that responsibility this early on in his career. So that's a testament to how knowledgeable he is and how much he understands uh, different formations and what teams want to get in and where the ball is going and things of that nature. So shout-out to him, man. And uh, hopefully he gets maybe – Probably won't get some all-pro love, second-pro all-pro anything like that because he didn't make the Pro Bowl for some reason. But I do think he does deserve some type of recognition uh, for the season that he's had.
2: I saw he's a finalist for the Butkus Award given annually to the league's best linebacker. Let's talk about some wide receivers. First, it's the numbers in on Marquez Valdez, Gantling's first regular season in Kansas City. And this is a guy that's been very, very uh, popular or Clickworthy, trend worthy on social media, 81 total targets, 42 catches, 687, and two touchdowns. How about you grade MVS's first regular season for me, Mark?
1: You want a letter grade or one through 10?
2: Let's get a letter grade here and 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 give a little context to why you're giving that, that letter.
1: Okay, I'll give him a C. Plus. Mm. Um, he's he did about what you would expect. I mean, this was a guy in Green Bay that was never a first or second option. He's around his career uh, totals per year, uh, but the reason why I would probably give him a C plus, which is you know not you know it's average, a little bit above average depending on how you look at it. Um, he had a lot of drops. He had a lot of drops this year. A lot of jekyll and Hyde. And the, the funny thing is, it seems like he'll catch the hard ones, but he'll drop the routine ones, right?
2: We kind of heard that coming in coming into his team yeah. in Kansas City.
1: Yeah, and you listen, yeah, you listen to Packer fans, they were warning Chiefs fans on social media about that all offseason, and it came to fruition when she saw him play a full 17-game schedule. So, you know, I mean it depends on your expectations for him, though. Everything is uh, subjective, right? Because I didn't expect you know, these gaudy numbers, I'd expect 70 catches over a thousand yards with eight touchdowns. I expect being like that. I expect it pretty much where he's at. So, um, yeah, I think C plus is about fair. Uh,
2: I would agree. I'm in that I'm in that high C, low B range. He's your third option. Realistically, I know there's a lot of chatter about um, the misconnections between him and Mahomes and them not being able to really be on the same page. I'm hitting yellow light lad on that one. He's not being cut. He's not being replaced. He will be in Kansas City next year. And he's a valuable part of what they like to do as far as stretching the field is concerned. Juju Smith-Schuster goes 78 catches, 933 receiving yards, which I think hit an incentive in his contract, and three touchdowns. I think he's absolutely vital to what they like to do on offense, especially in that short to intermediate range. Um, His first season in, in Kansas City, to me, has to be seen as an A. I wonder what you think uh, as far as Juju's first year in KC.
1: I'm going B plus, so a little bit below your A. Uh, I think the the last few weeks he's kind of been quiet. Uh, I'm not sure if that's scheme related or guys are just covering him better. I'm not 100% sure, but he hasn't been uh, as effective as he was the first seven or eight weeks when we were thinking, wow. For guys that haven't played together, they seem to have really good chemistry between him and Mahomes, right? But overall, he's been really good. I mean, like you mentioned before, he's a guy that can uh, move the chains. You know, he's uh, the second, I guess you could say, Travis Kelsey in a way. Yeah, He's a big body receiver. He's kind of like a tight end in a way. I mean, the guy is huge. So uh, I do think he he holds value there as far as a possession receiver. And he's he's had a couple of splash plays here and there, especially with uh, some surprising yaks. You know, uh, he gets you some yards after catch every now and then as well. And another thing that we don't talk about when we talk about receivers and we need to talk about it a little bit more, he's been really good at blocking. Yeah. Like he's a really good blocking wide receiver as well. Like he sets the edge on the outside for guys in those sweep, those uh, jet sweeps and those trick plays and reverses and things of that nature. He did it um, on the Jet McKinnon game a touchdown play against Houston. Remember when, uh, they said uh he's basically said to him before the play, hey, I've got you come behind yeah. me. So his blocking is very valuable as well, that people don't really look at look at that much for receivers. So I think a B a B plus is fair.
2: You know, blocking isn't sexy enough, and I, I think most average fans yeah. and most average media members, we don't really look at that as something that we can easily quantify but you're but you're right about that and that skill is something that is extremely valuable for Kansas City i think he demands uh high teens as, as far as um going into this offseason asking teams i mean he's if you take away the concussion game that he missed and, and you can basically count what a game and a half that he didn't play uh a thousand yard receiver here in Kansas city and be interesting to see what he um what he garners in the offseason one more wide receiver and it's Uh, A a reserved futures deal, according to to NFL Network, John Ross, coming into Kansas City. He was the ninth overall pick in 2017. Still 27 years old, not eligible for any of the postseason play this year, obviously. But I think this is, in the words of Mark Gunnels, this is a Brett Veach special, Andy Reid special. Um, You you bring a guy who's got a first-round grade, maybe hasn't developed or fully reached the potential in the pros, You come in, you kick the tires here in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes leading the offense and see what happens going into a training camp in next season.
1: Aaron, I want you to find somebody that loves you as much as Brett Veach loves former first-round picks. (laughs) I I mean, this guy loves former first-round picks. And you know what? I love it, too. If I was a GM like Brett Veach, I would do it, too, because they're all low-risk, potential high-rewards. And the thinking is, these guys were first round picks for a reason. I mean, they're, they can't be just complete scrubs. And if you're thinking, well, if I can get him into my situation under Andy Reid, the best play caller, the best quarterback with the best tight end, a top five offensive line. Hey, if it doesn't work here, it's not going to work anywhere. So that's the thinking. I understand it. Similar to why they traded for Kadarius Toney, another former first round pick. That's yep. paying dividends right now. He looks really good when he's on the field. So, look, John Ross is a guy that at the combine at the time, he broke the 40-yard record, the 40-yard dash record.
2: Can't coach that.
1: Yeah, and he's only 27 years old, so the guy is not old. So, hey, I, I don't see the downside of it. It doesn't work out. You're not paying him that much money anyway, so why not? So it's one of those another annoying moves for other fan bases out there. It's like, wow, the Chiefs got another weapon. I saw it on the timeline. They're going to make it work with John Ross, aren't they? Because they saw what's going on with Tony right now. So they're like, here we go again, another speed guy, another guy that can do jet sweeps with and some gadget stuff, get him out in space. So I love it. Why not?
2: I know it's way too early for this. It's January 11th, 2023. But there's John Ross and also Justin Ross, uh, another name out there that people may have forgotten about. He had the surgery but was very viral and topical and all those things in minicamp and, and when Kansas City was trying to see what their uh, wide receiver room was going to look like coming into this year. If you had to pick one of those guys for Kansas City to break through and make the roster next season, uh, who would it be?
1: I mean, you got to say John Ross right now, just because I'm not sure the status of Justin Ross's health. Uh, obviously he had a very very severe injury the guy was a first-round talent and went undrafted so that that speaks volumes to me obviously I'm I'm hoping for the best because I mean like I said the guy was a first-round talent Uh, he's a big body receiver and if he can get any anywhere close to back to where he was when he was at Clemson that is going to be scary so uh, I think from a potential standpoint he has a higher upside if I'm just going comparisons for comparisons, but I just can't bank on his health because that he had a very, very severe injury. So I think you have to give the edge to John Ross just because of that factor.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. It's only a kick, a jump,
1: a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: Finally, a coronation for Patrick Mahomes, uh, his 2022 surely to be an MVP season, his second of his short and storied career. The numbers are as follows. 5,250 passing yards, that led the league. 41 passing touchdowns also led the league. 105.2 rating, that was second behind Tua Tungvaluwa, who didn't play as many games as him. No quarterback in league history has ever accounted for more total offense in one season than Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. He had a 67% completion percentage and talked with the media ahead of this bye week was asked point blank what a second in a career mvp award would mean to him and his legacy and this is what he had to say
1: i mean obviously the mvp award is a special award that uh that you ought that if you get it i mean you'll cherish that for the rest of your life and i will for sure um it's something that i think you look back look back at more at the end of the season or at the end of your career and you think about those great times that you had i mean uh, it's a trophy that symbolizes the team that was around you. And so you think about those memories you have with those guys. Now you went to battle with them and, and were able to get, win a lot of football games. And so, like you said, I mean, we're focusing on the Super Bowl right now and trying to get there and win it. Um, but obviously it, it'll be a, still be a big moment in my life that I'll be able to forever remember.
2: I thought it was really cool. He kind of, he, he opened up about it and usually is not a guy that likes to talk before it's officially official, but I think we all know this one's pretty much wrapped up and he was pretty honest. He said, Hey, um, you know my first time winning the MVP I was still kind of young I was still just kind of experiencing the league learning a lot of things maybe not reading defenses which is another thing he openly admitted to early in his career now you come back you lost an AFC title game you lost a Tyreek Hill um, you come back and have an extremely successful season one of the best of your career uh, and, and it sounds like an MVP year uh, Mark
1: yeah absolutely I mean if you look at the books right now, even though I don't even have it up, he's like minus 1,800 to win MVP. So it's he may he he win it unanimously. Like he, no nobody else may not get a vote. You, you may see that happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he ran away with it. Obviously, Jalen Hurts got got injured, missed a couple games. So it definitely increased the odds to say the least. But I think he's going to win it regardless at that point. I mean, like you mentioned, he leaves the league in total yards, uh, passing yards, touchdowns and a QBR as well. And the fact he had the narrative on his side, right, before the year, no Tyreek Hill. Is he going to regress? You know, the AFC West, going to be the best division, most talented. So when you have all those narratives before the year, we know it's a narrative award. That obviously helps as well. So now I don't think there's going to be any more questions about uh, Mahomes moving forward no matter who's on the roster uh, because as long as he's there and you have anybody out there, you got me and you out there playing wide receiver, Aaron. I think we can catch some passes out there, especially if Andy Reid's designing the plays. I think I think he can scheme us open. So, uh, yeah, man, incredible year. And the main thing for me, this separates him even further from his peers, right? People try to compare Josh Allen to him, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow. Neither one of those guys have the MVP, let alone a Super Bowl. He's going to have two MVPs with the potential having a second Super Bowl if he gets two Super Bowls two MVPs no longer compare any of those guys to Patrick Mahomes until further notice
2: yeah that's rarefied air and we'll see what happens with the voting process there and obviously the road to Arizona and Kansas City's pursuit of the Lombardi Trophy let's jump into a, a playoff preview here
0: you can't do this
2: you can't escape you can't make these plays you can't make these throws come on give us a sneak
0: preview chiefs preview
2: obviously no game this week kansas city the number one seed in the afc so they'll sit back and watch what is now called super wildcard weekend here's some numbers on the one seed this from espn stat and info andy Reid clinches the one seed for the sixth time as a head coach Only Bill Belichick has clinched the one seed more um, since it was first instituted, and he has seven. Hashtag don't take it for granted. And then I crunched a few numbers on the last 10 number one seeds in the AFC. Three of them lost the first game they played. One of them lost in the AFC title game. Three lost in the Super Bowl. And three won the Super Bowl. So you can see the value of the one seed there for Kansas City. I know it looks different this year, and I know there's potential – uh, to head back to the Great Peach State for the for the uh, AOC title game. You would love that, uh, wouldn't you? Oh, hey, hey I That's saw that come know. across. <laughs> well, well, like, here's the thing. I saw Vegas, so I was like, okay, bet. And then I saw Pittsburgh, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, uh, can we, like, can we figure out what's going on? So Atlanta is a perfect happy medium. Uh, Bob Fesco here, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City locally, uh, is using his sources to report that it could be Atlanta. Uh, Pro Football Talk has said that it'll get nailed down at some point this week. Does that really, I I mean, does does it matter? Uh, It does to an extent, I guess, for for fans, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if it's in Vegas, Bill's fans would be upset. (laughs) I mean, we just saw what the Chiefs' kingdom did in Vegas a couple days ago. It's not that far. Uh, Buffalo, they'll be coming all the way from the Upper East the travel to vegas so that would be an unfair advantage like you say i do think atlanta is the happy medium here because indianapolis already denied it because they yeah. have some other event going on that same weekend or whatever they want no conflict and they probably can't handle the traffic that would all be ensued there so what talk about a perfect dream for a kid from georgia i mean if if you can have the team that you're covering in your hometown, I mean, you'll be back home and working at the same time. I mean, could you ask for a better setup for Aaron Ladd?
2: Oh, uh, let us hope Kansas City. Uh, I don't I don't want to touch the money, man. I I don't want to be the guy that's on the pod, especially after last year. Be like, oh, I can't wait till we get to I can't wait till we get to Atlanta, yada yada yada. And uh yeah, I don't want to touch the money. Atlanta sounds like it'll be the host site for the AFC title game, which. Atlanta does a great job hosting a bunch of events. But this is only fun. if
1: it's Chiefs Bills, though. Only Correct, if bills. yes. Because only the Bills can very bill. well go. Like.
2: <laughs> so there's still a lot up in the air, potentially. Don't want to touch the money. But that's what the reporting is as of this moment. You mentioned Georgia. How about former Georgia wideout, McCole Hardman, not going in week 18 after all of the, the arrows and the signs seemed like they were pointing in the right direction. He gets brought up from IR. Um, Andy Reid says it was kind of a misunderstanding on his part um, but feels like the bye week will do him justice, as well as Frank Clark, who was um, in, uh, unable to finish in that Vegas game. Let's hear from Andy Reid uh, as far as Frank Clark's status headed into the bye week. Thanks. Uh, after his MRI, the groin looks uh, like it's more of a mild one, and he should be be able to return after a little rest uh, that we have here. The the most important part of the number one seed to me has always been the bye week. And it seems like Kansas City is already relatively healthy and could be getting healthier.
1: Yeah, 100 uh, percent. You got a little knickknack injuries here and there that could use an extra week to rest. So, yeah, very vital. Then obviously the fact that you only have to win two games versus three to reach it to Glendale, Arizona is also a major factor as well. I mean, you just got to win one game to make it to your fifth straight AFC championship game, man. And it's going to be an arrowhead. That first game will be an arrowhead. So, you know, talk about an incredible run that they could potentially go on and, and keep going, right? Uh, and then obviously the end goal for them is to reach the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl, but um, obviously to get there, you want to have the buy to increase your odds So and get healthier. So I do expect McCole Harmon to be back and ready to go. And talk about other dimension you have to worry about in the red zone. We're talking about McKinnon, right? Yeah. And this is this has been without Hardman in the lineup. And then obviously Kelsey gets a lot of attention. And now if you got to worry about Tony as well and McCall Hardman, I mean, pick your poison.
2: I would be um more concerned about Frank Clark missing time. I, obviously you want Kansas City to be as healthy as possible. We've seen what the Chiefs were able to do without Hardman. Um And obviously he was on injured reserve with the Adam and injury. They found a way to spread the ball around even through Travis Kelsey's touchdown drought. McKinnon emerges. Um, Justin Watson continues to show his spot play and his ability and his value. Frank Clark, though, I I, I think the unit benefits more from him being out there. Um, He's been he's been healthy this year. Let's just call it for what it is. A, A lot of the stomach issues and a lot of the stuff that has plagued him in the past um, he's found a way to work through that, whether it was the liquor that he said he, he quit drinking or, or or cut out red meat or whatever. Uh, Frank Clark, his his leadership is a guidance of George Karloftis, who's come on extremely strong throughout the, the year. You um, talked about this unit being second in the league in sacks. Frank Clark has been a big reason why he's been a changed player, and hopefully he's healthy and ready to go through that groin issue for Kansas City in the divisional round. Uh, let's go to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is! There it is! Two touchdowns. Win by at least. Three. Let's go to Vegas
0: with Mark. Hey, why you?
2: For those not watching, uh, for those audio only, Mark his hand. His head is in his hand. He's looking up to the sky, questioning what has gone wrong. He's lethargic. He's disappointed. And it's because he's 0-6 over the past two weeks. Another tough week for Mark in Week 18. I thought this was a good slate. I thought these were good picks. I, I When you texted the group and said, you know, I got my butt beat, I'm like,
1: really? Yeah, I mean, back-to-back <laughs> 0-3 back weeks, man, it's rough. Um, when you needed it the most, too, in crunch time. Yeah, man. What, I'm six games under five hundred now? Yes, March season total
2: is 20 and 27, actually.
1: My gosh, that's ugly. That's ugly. The last two weeks have really, really just contaminated my whole year. For the most part of the year, I've been hovering around 500, you know, or I was a little bit above at one point. And these last two weeks just really, really been bad, man. Um, Not playing clean football on my end. I'm turning the ball over a lot.
2: Coach week.
0: Here we go.
1: I think um I think I need the bye week too, man. So I'm not making no plays on other games this weekend. I, I'm I'm taking the bye as well with the Chiefs.
2: You're I, taking a bye? You you, didn't, you know you didn't earn the bye, right? Like you're under 500. If anybody's playing a wild card
1: weekend,
2: it should be you. <laughs> I don't know how you taking a bye. <laughs> but that's fine. We here at Chiefs Coast to Coast have gone to the bullpen. And instead of Vegas with Mark, it's going to be Vegas with Ladd this week. Here comes the ISO, baby. Here we go. I have three plays, courtesy our
0: friends at DraftKings,
2: <laughs> from our AFC Slam. I'm going to do my best Mark Gunnell's impersonation. Here we go. So first off, we're here in the Jacksonville in the Chargers game. And I, can, I just can't trust L.A. I cannot trust Justin Herbert in the playoffs we saw Brandon Staley playing his starters last week it just doesn't make any sense to me we thought he was a boy genius he's no longer a boy genius and he proven us to that the spread is two points I'm taking Jacksonville to win outright that is money line not not not
1: taking the points
2: money line Jacksonville wins outright secondly I'm going to the Baltimore Ravens game this is a team that still doesn't know what they're doing with their quarterback. Lamar Jackson hasn't played in a very long time. I saw the report today from Jordan Schultz. Sounds like the knee is still very swollen. And he is facing an uphill battle to play for the Baltimore Ravens. This is an offense that is predicated on running the football. This is the time of year where if you run the football, effectively you win games and you advance into the next round. I expect Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins to hit the under- Oh man, I read that wrong. I screwed that up. <sighs> <laughs> i read that wrong. <sighs> I got the under on JK Dobbins. <laughs> I got the under on J.K. Dobbins rushing yards. I think the Bengals are gonna pull away. I think the the, the Ravens are gonna have to are gonna have to play from behind and play catch up. What's the number? Um, J- What's
1: the number on the yards?
2: 61 and a half. Okay. I don't think he hit 61 and a half. Okay. Uh, JK Dobbins. I Think they're gonna have to play from behind. I don't know who the quarter who the quarterback's gonna be. It's gonna be Anthony Brown, is it gonna be uh, uh Tyler Huntley? I don't think it's gonna be Lamar Jackson. I think JK Dobbins is gonna be game scripted out of the 61 and a half. That's the late game on Saturday. So that's my second pick. JK Sunday, Dobbins Sunday, under
1: Sunday Sunday.
2: Sunday, Sunday, excuse me. 61 and a half. I'm all rattled. See, this is what this is. I see why you don't get the picks. Because this this, this this I see why you don't get the picks. It's different here in Vegas, man. I'm rattled. <laughs> All right, what's the third one, That's, man? My third one, I'm staying with the running backs, but it's in the Buffalo game. This is the third one. This is Miami-Buffalo. It sounds like it's going to be Skylar Thompson, Fort Osage product here out in the Kansas City area, K-State product, obviously, leading the Dolphins into what is a a, a divisional matchup here in the playoffs. Um, I think that Buffalo is going to get out and lead this one from the jump. I think this one is not going to be close. I think Miami is going to be playing behind for a lot. And I think Baltimore, excuse me, I think Buffalo is going to have to salt this game away with the run game. James Cook, who is a running back who has come on late and has kind of been the second tier guy to Devin Singletary there. He is their two headed monster to that one. The number is just too low. Mark, the number is just too low. 36 and a half rushing yards. It's, it's too low. You could get that on one. In the words of Mark Gunnels, he could get that in one play. okay Yeah. <laughs> So these are my plays here. Aaron Lads, wild card weekend picks. Jacksonville money line. They'll be playing the Chiefs next week. JK Dobbins under 61 and a half rushing yards. James Cook over 36. What do you think of my slate? This this is this is new for me.
1: Yeah, actually, I like your plays. The logic behind them all makes sense. Uh I think the the, the biggest questionable one is gonna be the Jags Jaguars one. I I think I think your running back plays are really, really solid. I like those a lot. I, I got the Jags winning too, but that's that'll be my least confident out of your three picks.
2: Well, this is what we're gonna do at the at, at the end of the year. I'm gonna stack my three picks and my record up against your three hundred picks and your record. And then- <laughs> that's not
3: fair. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, a couple questions here on uh Chiefs coast to coast. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. Ryan's been very active. On YouTube, but so has Walter. Walter says, how do we overcome Buffalo? The story is written for a Bill's Super Bowl win after the Hamlin injury. Uh, it, I mean, it does kind of seem like they are. And I mean, watching that kick return, special moment. I mean, absolutely incredible special moment. It's good to see the latest update from him coming in here on Wednesday um, that he's discharged not only from a Cincinnati hospital, but also a Buffalo hospital and is back at home in his apartment in Buffalo um, it, it it does seem like that win specifically I don't know going forward if that momentum carries on but it, they, there's a little something special in, in that juice in Buffalo
1: yeah no 100% and they have that emotional lift and obviously it's, it's a lot easier when you have a really good team as well like this this is the team that was the favorites before the year to win the Super Bowl so you know when you add that on uh, obviously it's going to be tough to beat them. They're going to have a home game this weekend and then next weekend too, when they most likely want to play the Bengals. So yeah, they should probably, uh, it's going to be tough. They, they, they should probably be in the AFC title game, but that Bengals game is going to be very, very interesting, especially considering we didn't get to finish it the first time, but this time it's going to be in Orchard Park. So I'm really looking forward to that game, especially because they're going to it's going to be that matchup because the the Bills are playing Skylar Thompson. And the Bengals are playing yeah. right, Tyler Huntley. They're both going to advance. We're going to get that matchup and settle it once, for, once and
2: for all. 816-514-1267 is our voicemail line. Serta tells me we got one already. Let's play it. Let's do it.
0: Hey, gentlemen, how about those Chiefs? Man, I'm excited about this one. We've waited a long time to get back to what we all thought was going to happen. Remember when Patrick Mahomes was at the most grimmest point in the season last year? Earlier against the Buffalo Bills, it's in the playoffs. It looks like they're about to lose. He leads them back. He gets the moniker, the Grim Reaper. Kinda of fell off the table there in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. We're back. He's back. And he wants to relive that moniker for another now three game stretch so he can get his second ring. I think it's going to happen. I think the league screwed up and allowed this young, rebuilding team to get too hot and too good too soon. And now all it takes is that little strike of lightning. There's going to be two things that I hope you guys speak on that's going to help dictate how the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year. It's going to be, one, the impact of Kadarius Tony on the offense in the horizontal stretch. And the other is going to be Gulp trusting these day three corners on some of the best receivers in football i think if those two things come together for him in real time guys we're looking at a potential the beginning of the dynasty savor the flavor
2: savor the flavor checking in appreciate that when he's doing his best mark gunnels impersonation you you might have some sons out here my guy you might you might
1: have a leg you might have a legacy that you're leading hey that was the best voicemail we've gotten so far by far
2: (laughs) Serta said the same thing.
1: Not even close. The, the passion, the detail, it was lengthy. Not too long, though. It was just, just long enough. He had all the key points there. Yeah, that was the best one, man. I want more voicemails like that one. Follow the lead on that. Great job, man. Love the passion. Let's bring the Grim Reaper back, like he said, baby.
2: But what do you think about what he said? I'll chime in. He said the two most important things in the playoffs, yeah. and this will be the last thing before before we head out here on episode 40. He said the two most important things would be Kadarius Tony stretching the field and then the young cornerbacks. To me the most important thing for Kansas City in the playoffs and this is just playoff football in general is executing in the red zone. If you look at that AFC title game, that was the difference between winning and losing for Kansas City in that game. Going into halftime, going into the the lat the the series going into halftime, you don't get points. The series at the end of regulation, you only get a field goal instead of a touchdown. Um, those two different, those two games decided uh, decided the game, decided the Super Bowl that year. I think if Kansas City can get seven instead of three, and hell, if they can get three times sometimes when they weren't getting any points, when the special teams unit was going through whatever, um, that's the difference between winning and losing and one of the more important things that matters to me.
1: Yeah, 100%. And then I'll also add on to that by saying the defensive line. You know, in that Bengals game against Joe Burrow, they had a wow. lot of could have been sacks, right? Now, this year, they finished second in the league in sacks. So you want to see that continue into the playoffs. you got to finish plays because those are drive killers. When you get guys into second and 18 or third and 12, third and 15, it takes teams off their script. They're off schedule. You can play a little softer coverage. You can play the sticks, and you get off get off the field. So they have to finish plays defensively as well.
2: Good episode, man. Very, very active in the chat today. Who said it was a bye week? I mean, ain't no bye week. We working through the bye. We working through the bye.
1: Um, any any last thoughts before we get out of here? Episode forty. Well, if me and you are right, and I hope we are, we're going to be previewing Chiefs-Jags next week.
2: Chiefs-Jags preview potentially an opportunity for Kansas City to host a fifth consecutive AFC title game. History in the making from Mark Gunnels in LA, Aaron Ladd here in Kansas City, Steven Serta behind the board, coast to coast, out of here.